corporate credit is at all time high. It'd be ten and a half trillion. Consumer credit, seventeen trillion. U.S. government debt, thirty two trillion. So how do we get to this point? By making the Fed funds rate damn near zero percent, right? Making it free to borrow money, right? For a long, long ass time. For a long, and people took advantage of that. And what people don't understand took is took advantage. They were brainwashed by it. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Higher Standard Podcast, where we give you ultra-premium, unfiltered truth when it comes to building your wealth and curating the lifestyle of your dreams. No games, no drama, and no shenanigans. I am your host, Chris Nahibi, and I'm here to help you distill the immense amount of information and disinformation out there on the interwebs and give you the opportunity to choose a higher standard for yourself. There are no gurus here, and no one gives a damn about how wealthy you look. I'm an attorney and a banker, amongst other things. Does that mean you should listen to me? Hell no. This is just full disclosure that while we talk about money, wealth, law, investing, and a lot of related topics, you should always speak to your own advisors for an opinion tailored to your unique investment perspective. I am obligated to tell you that nothing contained in this show is in fact legal or investment advice and is being provided solely for entertainment purposes. So sit back, Relax your mind and get ready for a different kind of podcast where we elevate your baseline in crispy, high-resolution audio. This isn't a different standard. It's the higher standard. I'm alive! He's back! (laughs) Last episode, I was dying. This one, I'm still dying, but less dying, I guess. Wow, come on, man. Welcome back to the show, everybody. We do financial literacy stuffs with Travis Scott's on. Travis. These are the Olive Travis, those of you who are not connoisseurs of the Travis Scotts. Uninitiated. 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 Yeah. Yeah. One of my favorites. They kind of go with everything, and I have pretty much a lot of olive slash camo colored clothing just because I'm sexy like that. So there you go. Take that in, and you got the beads on? The beads. These are uh, prayer beads that I was gifted by a monk in Thailand. Really? After I paid an egregious amount of money to visit his temple. <laughs> 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 It's so funny because it's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. he's like, you know, I, oh, damn it, I was gonna do the voice, but I, re- I restrained no, no, myself. It was not. I, that was I, not a bait and switch. Nah, you try to set that, me up that's again. Not, that was, <laughs> that was, that was <laughs> Why is that me, Chris? Give me an active reenactment. I can't do the reenactment if I can't do it in the actment. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got this week. We got stuffs. Financial literacy stuffs. All the stuff. We're gonna talk about Airbnb CEO being the world's biggest hypocrite. He. He's worried about you, people. Are y'all feeling lonely? Are you sad? Yeah. Well, Airbnb CEO has a solution which also conveniently gives him a benefit to his business. You don't say. You don't say. All right. Then we're going to talk about office real estate. The, quote, looming crash will be so sharp and deep that capital economics think office values are unlikely to recover by 2040. Until 2040, right? Yeah. It says by 2040. Yeah, by 2040. So you just added the word until and try to correct. I mean, I said this on literally the last episode. We can cover it again. You didn't say by 2040. I did. Then take no. You didn't. I did. This is. I was dead. dead. I was dead. Shut up. I I was dead. (laughs) I did. Did you really? I really did. That's how dead I was last episode. (laughs) I was. I was gone. (laughs) (laughs) Why'd you put in the notes, bro? You setting me up? No. I'm just saying. I'm telling you. The half of the last episode, I was incoherent as shit. Yeah. I was like, why is he speaking more? <laughs> why? I'm trying, Stop. To, I, I'm trying to wrap it up. I was so drugged up. It was bad. Then we're going to move on to the debt crisis looming in commercial real estate. Yes, you talked about that last episode. You did. 
Okay. Yes. This is a different comment. Contact. Okay. Yeah, got it. And because I'm an asshole and I like to pile on things when they're already bad, we're going to talk about another big brand pulling out of Westfield, San Francisco. Mm. Mm. Sad. And Sad. Funny. San Francisco taking a lot of hit the last few months. They need Batman. <laughs> I know. That was a post we had a little while back. They need Batman. Then there's an article that came out. Close to home, Orange County. Home prices expected to fall by 11% as recession looms. From I believe it was the chief economist of the Real Deal or somebody like that. It was, it was the Real Deal had posted it, right? Yeah, they posted. It. I don't know who was their economist, but nonetheless, because a lot of real estate agents in and around our region have been getting all up in my DMs, giving me all the feels, mm-hmm. I had to say, "Hey, low key king, relax, relax. Let me do my thing. Slow your roll, okay? Yeah. You know, people don't say slow your roll anymore. Really? Yeah, you can't you can't cross reference different cunning linguists." Stuff Why? From different generations. I'm staying true to my generation. Yeah, but you can't mix I'm not that adopting in. this new shit. High key. Go off, King. Go, <laughs> Go off, King. <laughs> I've been doing it so much, I find myself in business conversations in the back. I, I try to say it sometimes just to, just to like float it to see if they catch on. And if they get it, and now I start to question them. Like, hey, how do you know that? Yeah, how do you know that? How yeah. many 20-year-olds are you dating, bro? Yeah, seriously. What, what are you watching tonight? Seriously. Buffy the Vampire Slayer reruns. <laughs> We're going to move on to Silicon Valley office vacancy jumping to an astonishing 17% as tech firms shed floors. That's going to be hard to bounce back from. Oh, I had the bounce, remember the bounce back, bounce back. Remember that song from yeah, the, 90s, the 90s? Yeah. yeah. Who was that? Oh, we can look it up though. Yeah. Look that up, Arun. That seems like a valuable piece of information that nobody's ever going to care about. Right. Just look it up on a screen that I'm not looking at. Thank yeah. you very much. All right, then we're going to talk about returning to office and how COVID-19 and remote work reshaped the economy. Said has some very very interesting feedback from people up in his DMs. Yeah, that I that's I can relate to. That's why Aww, I found it very interesting. That was a villain move right there, setting me up for failure later on in the show. Good job. Not at all. No, don't hold do on, hold on. You'll see why it's relatable. Just stick to the end of the show, and, and you'll see why. Okay, a little bit of business before pleasure there. There like you go. That. All right, fair enough. We're gonna move on to corporate bankruptcies, the world's empty office buildings again. But we're gonna talk about a debt time bomb this context after we go through everything else obviously there's a reason why we included it last talk about u.s home prices uh posted the first annual decline since 2012 in april which i talked about on the last show mm-hmm. but it goes right into new home sales as well so you have to you can't talk about one without the other alicia bounced back that was not it alicia i don't know I mean, that was alicia it was, it was in it was a dude wasn't it i don't know wow what do you call an alicia you call alicia a dude no it was a dude. alicia was not big sean it wasn't big sean no it was like a like a but we'll we'll figure it out. <laughs> Not juvenile. juvenile. That's the one. Juvenile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't remember this song. Though. Look, let's play this. Come on. No, we're not playing this. Financial literacy in '90s hip hop. That's what we do on this show. No, okay? cool. Let's get right into yeah, it. Yeah, no, we're gonna. Oh, uh, <laughs> I got two vetoes. <laughs> we're not playing juvenile on the show. <laughs> <laughs> you guys suck. Well, I came across this article from Fortune talking about Airbnb. Mm. And the CEO was speaking on it, so I thought, okay, let let's get into it. I have long been critical of Airbnb, and I still am. Okay, for a lot of reasons, I think that the the boom in in getting people on their platform as people who are renting out their properties, yes, is has come to an end of that era, and now it's going to come down to I guess really good properties, really good locations. But I think yeah. consumer discretionary spending is going to pull back. We've been saying that on the show for a while. Spoken like a true realtor. Location, location, location. 
That might be the most hurtful thing you ever said to me. Why? Well, what's, what's mm-hmm. wrong with being called a realtor? I am more than just a realtor, Sai. What? Be- being a realtor is not <laughs> enough for you? No. I think you saw her from Steve's comment. Oh, that's right. We got to bring it up. Maroon villain. See how he brought you see how he brought that up. So we had we had a nice gentleman come to the studio today. Nice is a question mark. No, for me. no, nice. He came. He, after seemed, hours. he seemed nice, but he seemed like he was saying some pretty mean shit. We have, we have some work that needs to be done around the studio. And he took a look, gave us a nice little quote. We're gonna go with him because he's just a stand-up guy. This guy walks in, says hello to Saeed, says hello to Rune. I'm in the studio space here. He's never met Chris. Never met me, never met him. And I'm digging in the back cabinets for some batteries, which I'm an idiot and left in the cameras. And, uh, you know, trying to be a responsible adult, man. Taking care of business. Yeah. Guy walks in and goes, hello, hey there, big fella. Call him big fella. Now, mind you, this man is not small. You're the Carl Winslow of podcasting now. Oh, you were just waiting to use that. (laughs) Hey, big guy. He didn't call you big guy. He didn't call you big fella. He called you big guy. He did. And he he was, what, 6'3"? Big dude himself. Yeah, he's six three two something. Easy. Yeah. So then he made another comment about my beefiness on the way out. On the way out. Hey, somebody tell the big guy to hit the gym. <laughs> Damn. Rune, why are you laughing? Of all people. Oh man. Why? You walked it, out. Because you know you take pride in this. Man. You took you took pride you took pride in Arun being that guy in this podcast. Oh man. Great perspective is my thoughts on the article when I quoted it. He noted, this being the Airbnb CEO, how people no longer gather as much as they used to, for instance, by working remotely instead of in the office, by shopping on Amazon instead of in a mall, and by watching movies on Netflix instead of in theaters. Mm. Places like churches and bowling alleys are no longer what they were in terms of gathering, but we, quote, still need a community, end quote, he said. We need to be physically together. Now, I agree with that st- statement. Yeah. Don't be a pervert. Try to refrain. We need to be physically together means interaction, human interaction. I agree. There needs to be human interaction, but I just find it very convenient for him to bring this up now. How long been? How long has Amazon been around for? How long has Netflix been popular for? He's trying to say that these things, while technologically benefiting society, have caused us to be more introverted and not go out as much. And I agree with that statement. Mm-hmm. I do. Or, yeah, I mean, maybe shopping on Amazon provides you more time to spend with your loved ones. You mm. don't have to spend it going out, shopping for things. But normally when you were going out shopping for things, you would run into strangers and have conversations. Mm. You would go Orange that- County's never really been that place, man. People kind of stay in their lane. Okay, that seems elitist. What, elitist? You don't talk to somebody when you go to the grocery store? You don't talk to the guy who checks hey, you out? Say, hey, how you doing? Guy, girl, whatever. You don't <laughs> talk to that person that check you out? Of course, I say, hi, how are you doing? How's your day going? Does you don't it? have a conversation? I always have a conversation with the guy, the, check- the checker. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, man, how you doing? how's your day going? Good. Oh, yeah, you too. Cool. The checker, the cashier? Whatever. They don't know your name. I know all the names, man. You know all the names. I know all the names. I feel like you're lying here. No, I know them all. <laughs> I highly doubt that. I'll give you any name in the world right now. You wouldn't believe me anyway, so I'm not going to go there. But I'll tell you right now, I know all of them, man. I've been right. there. I've been going there a long time because I do not use Amazon for groceries. Well, hold on. First of all, I'm the one that's the biggest opponent for Airbnb. I love Airbnb. You're the one that doesn't like it. Nope, do not like it. <laughs> so I'm all for this gathering and uh, spending time with one another. So I'm glad you said that because it shows me that you do like the devil. Uh, he went on to say that commercial real estate is struggling in the U.S. with the amount of troubled assets climbing to nearly $64 billion in the first quarter, according mm. to a recent report from MSCI Real Assets. Nearly $155 billion of commercial property assets are potentially troubled. 
report yep. said. With offices hit by remote work and large layoffs in tech in particular, accounting for nearly $43 billion of potential distress, the most of any sector. Yep. Not new news if you've been listening to the show, but I always like to put out some numbers and perspectives. This coming from the CEO of Airbnb was an interesting start. So I decided to go further down the article because this is not what I thought I was going to get when I read the article. Okay. The average occupancy of U.S. office is just under 50%, according to data from the security provider Castle, spelled with a K. I think mean, they're in charge of the key cards, right? I think so. Yeah. It's a good poll. How'd you know that? Because I cited it last week on the last episode. You weren't paying attention. I was really drugged up the last episode. <laughs> you were. <laughs> I, I actually think some of this might just be a repeat of what we said last week. No, no. This isn't a, this, some of this isn't, but, this next part that you're getting into definitely is that they don't expect the values to recover until the end of 2040. That actually is the next article, but this one goes on to say the research from Capital Economics said in a report mm-hmm. released Thursday that the 35% plunge in office values were forecast by the end of 2025, and then goes on to say unlikely to recover by 2024, likening the demand reduction to the experience of malls over the past six years and consumers leading into the online shopping. Yeah. So you've made the case, you made the case before that, you know, things evolve over time and we're going to, people find a way, people will find a way it'll get, I don't know, repositioned and reutilized differently. So you know what I got from this article? To be honest with you. What'd you get? The CEO of Airbnb is trying to pimp out the idea of spending more time together with your family. You should go rent an Airbnb and all this pain and bad stuff in the economy. It's all commercial real estate, but we're. Airbnb, we don't, we don't, we're not commercial real estate. So he's saying you need to spend more time with your family, right? Um, in Airbnbs, in, in which Air- are not commercial real estate, <laughs> which are not exactly. And don't look over here at the commercial real estate. Yeah, exactly. Don't look over. He here. did what we like to call in the professional community of dip, duck, dodge, dive, and dodge. So he's, so he's basically saying like the fact that you all have to now go back into the office, you guys need to spend more time with your family. So come rent an Airbnb. Pretty much, yeah. Without saying it, that's what he said masterfully sold yeah yeah no no you like it not at all well let's move on a little bit then shall we let's talk about um another article from fortune the office real estate crash will be so sharp and deep that the capital economist the capital economists think that there won't be a recovery until 2024 as you covered in the previous show 2040 2040 you said 2024 yeah because i'm trying to think some of the text in the article seems very similar here what the mm-hmm. shit is going on so the big issue here has to do with the vacancies, right? With vacancies creeping up, this brings the values down for the commercial real estate properties, and this poses a big risk. And I don't know, I really don't know and don't see how they dodge the bullets that are coming their way. Well, I mean, look, so malls took a big fall off, right? Not, not all malls, though. I'm not saying just that, though. I'm talking about the debt that's due to mature over the next three years. What we've been talking about on the show, if values are coming down by as much as they're saying that they're coming down, 35% plunge in office values, that's just now, right? With more layoffs around the corner, around the horizon, it's going to creep up to, as projection dropped down to 4.1% by the end of the year, we predict that, you know, unemployment creeps up at its highest peak after the recession is declared over that we're that we're predicting that will eventually come. So 
these vacancy numbers are only going to get higher. And what does that do to values then? Let me walk you through a hypothetical. Okay. I was uh, walking into my house today with my wife out for a little pre-podcast date night. Wow. You know, got a couple cocktails in her. Did you really? I'm much more attractive when you drink cocktails. Well, I was home prepping for the show. We're having cocktails. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well done. Thank you. Uh, well, I incoherently didn't remember the last episode. Mm-hmm. Putting the show notes in the episode that I thought were creative, and yet they might have been flashbacks. <laughs> but um, my neighbor stopped me, and she was like, hey, Chris. Hey. Like, hey, what's up? Hey. Mm-hmm. She's like, um, where's that recession you were talking about? Mm. We get a lot of that lately. So I'm going to uh, a pretty prominent economist, and I had a back and forth on social media today, and I respect him immensely. So I'm not going to mention his name because I don't want people to think that, that there's uh, any bad blood there. But he's of the perspective that the highest the 10-year Treasury is going to go about 4.75% by the end of the year, which is you know an increase. And that he thinks the labor market's too strong. Because the labor market's too strong, we won't enter a recession. Mm. And I didn't get back and forth in the debate of commercial real estate and things like the bond market, but I, I just look at all this stuff and I ask myself the question, why are people so confident that things won't go bad when there are so many warning signs flashing red? And this is just off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. Commercial real estate, all these loans are going to come due in the next year next two years, next three years. Right. And you're going to see these properties have a real tough time being refinanced due to vacancy and rents going down. Due to vacancy, rents going down. When they do come back and they refinance, banks will have a threshold and they won't have as big of an appetite to lend, mm-hmm. you know, at, at those previous LTVs, loan-to-values. Well, keep in mind, too, in the banking sector, one of the challenges they're going to have is that as they get into this economy and liquidity is pulled out of the market, they're going to pick and choose they're going to put their dollars, so the pickiness. But they're also going to get pressure from the regulators not to make loans that are going bad. Of course. And have loans that are going bad that are on their books get off their books. Why do they take what the regulators have to say, you know, so importantly? Well, to paraphrase it, every bank across the country that has FDIC insurance effectively rents their, their charter. They, they lease it, if you will. They are not entitled to run their business in perpetuity. They have to make sure they are in a regulatory compliance at all times. Yes. And if they're over like $10 billion in size, they, they have a regulator there in their office at all times. Mm-hmm. And because of these challenges, these pressures, they're constantly under the, spec, you know, the, the microscope of the regulatory environment, making sure that they are doing all the things they need to do. So what happens to a bank if, let's just say, this, the FDIC downgrades them? Well... If they're downgraded, there's a lot of downgrades internally that you would not know as a public. Uh, when mm-hmm. it gets really, really bad, the downgrades are public because it wouldn't put consumers on notice. Yeah. But generally speaking, it typically doesn't get that bad. It's very rare. I mean, three banks that we've had fail out of 4,700 plus banks in the country. Right. Not a big number. It's not a large percentage at all. Right. But it does seem like some of the, some of the numbers that you know, we've been reading off, we've been hitting like historic highs. Look, we look at you know, U.S. debt, all-time high. Government you know, uh, consumer debt, all-time mm-hmm. high. These are Cor- also red flags. Corporate corporate, corporate debt, all-time record high. Mm-hmm. So these are, all, these are all things that are concerning. So who knows? To, to me, it's, it's, like, um, it's like the steam coming out of, of all the cracks right now. And even though everything's still together and we're still on the train track, we're going down, and locomotives seemingly going full speed on the tracks, there's steam coming up from the engine and the engine's about ready to blow. Mm-hmm. 
And I'm not talking about it like a, a crash or a massive failure, but there's going to be something that's going to pull these things back. Yeah. And here's what scares me even more than this is I believe there is a big probability that the next inflation number that comes out will have a three handle on it. The next, uh, which inflation, the CPI or the PCE comes out on the 30th, the day this episode drops. Yeah. So I don't think that, so PCE is at what right now? I think. Uh, four, core PCE was at 4.7%. What was inflation now? Four uh, percent, right? Remember, it was a predicted. A hit? Yeah, yeah. I I think you're gonna. See, I think there's a strong probability, given where the oh, sorry core core CPI was at five point three. Yeah. Okay. I I think just CPI in general, not core, mm-hmm. will have a three handle on it. Oh, it'll, okay. Yeah, I think there's gonna be a three handle on it. Um. Well, what's really interesting. So we we talked about it. Um. Recently, how Jerome Powell was in front of the House and the Senate, uh, banking committees, and you know, I, I went back and I was. Rewatching some of some of the um, some of the stuff that he was saying, and he was certain, more more certain than he's ever been, almost as certain as him declaring, "Like, look, we're not cutting rates this year." He was certain that housing was going to come down by the end of the year. That's an interesting hand gesture you're making there. It's very what you said. It was coming. It was pinkies down. up, and then, no, no, you didn't. No, it wasn't this. You you were very much. Really? And I have I have a tendency to do this just from shooting a basketball shot. This this finger always releases first off the ball. That is actually not an accurate shot. You think it should be the, these two fingers that come off the ball. The first finger that comes off the ball is this finger, and then these two are the last to come off. No. Christopher. Bro, shoot, these two fingers stay on the ball. These two are the last two to come off the ball, meaning you shoot the ball. Okay, you don't just pop a pinky out while you're shooting. It Just because that finger should be the shortest one. I can't believe this guy's trying to teach me how to shoot a basketball. You were just catching lobs. That's all you can do. Let me just throw you the lob. I was the one out there. Come on. Don't do this. With a pinky out like that? With a pinky out like that. Now we know why I didn't make the NBA. He still holds the record, Orange County. Uh, oh, no, it got, it got broken a couple years back. Oh, damn. But, but it did. For a long time, I held the record in Orange County. And how old is the 12-year-old that broke your record? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it did. It hurt a little bit. I'm sure it did. It was great. So I actually just told this story to Adam the other day. So he was, he was, he was having a tough time before the game. And we went out to the backyard we're shooting shots before his game, and he, he was missing all the shots, and he was getting really down and hard on himself. And I had to tell him, listen, hey, the important thing is, is that you're out here, that you care enough to practice before the game. I told him the story about the game where I, I broke the Orange County record, right? Because that's going to make the kid feel better about missing shots. No, yeah, it was, because you want to know why? That, that game, when I broke the record, I missed my first six threes in a row. So you were a selfish player in addition to a greedy player. And then... This guy, you're such a villain. six threes in a row in a game, and you kept shooting. I mean, really? Why did the coach not pick you out? Because they what they teach you is you the mentality is you, you're gonna make your next shot, you can't even think about the first six. I didn't realize I missed six during the game, I realized it after the fact. So I I'm missed, pretty sure everybody else realized you missed six. I, mi- I missed my first six, and then I went on to make nine in a row. So you shot 15 shots in the field better, and I missed my next, my 10th one, and then. I made two more. So then I hit 11 in a game. And we ended up winning that game by two. What was your highest scoring game? 45, 47, something like that. That's good. Yeah. 62. 62. I'm good. That's good for you. I'm proud of you. I'm not. I'm not the story wasn't about that. But this is, so this is what I was trying to teach Adam. It's about that now. <laughs> I was trying to teach Adam that. Look, there's going to be some days that are, that are like that. You just got to go out there and just keep shooting. Don't think about the misses. Mm. Just keep trying. All that matters. I'll remind you of that later. Yeah? Yeah. Why? 
You know, some of your outros have been kind of missing. My outros? Yeah, but I want you to keep trying. <laughs> okay. You just keep shooting your shot. <laughs> I'll keep shooting my shot. Yeah, we get to the end of the show and you're like, uh, goodbye. No, it's very, come on. It's very sad. Come on, man. Yeah, you know. Don't true. say that. Actually, before we go on to the, the debt crisis looming in commercial real estate, we got a good video on this. I um, want to say thank you to everybody who tuned in to the first premiere we did on YouTube uh, just last night. Mm. Uh, we actually typically record this show on Tuesday nights when because we couldn't because I was still recovering from being an idiot and sick. Yeah. Uh, we decided we were going to do something special. and We did a little premiere on YouTube and we had a lot of people, a lot of guests uh, tune in and interact and engage. I thought it was very cool. I thought it was really cool. I had a lot of fun. I look forward to doing it more in the future. Yeah, I did, you however, should try to be on time next time. I did. Good. I did, however, had some people reach out and tell me that uh, they thought we misrepresented. Misrepresented what? <laughs> they said when we when we put on the stories that the higher standard live. Yeah, so that was they, my bad. That was my bad. Yeah. <laughs> so they thought we were I, recording uh, a live episode where instead it was a, a premiere, which we can do. I, you know, I guess if we really wanted to, we could. Yeah. Arun has all the equipment back there to to do it and stream it straight. Although there is one caveat, you would. So the same thing with the premiere where you get a 1080p quality like video because mm-hmm. everybody's streaming at the same time. Yeah. You would only get a 1080p on the upload stream. You wouldn't get a 4K version of it later. 1080p is not bad. Though. That's what movies are shot in, so it's okay. I know no. it's not the 4K. Yeah, 1080 is what movies are shot in. Used to be shot in like the 1970s, bro. No, still. Oh, man. Yeah, man. Casey says it all the time. Casey, maybe, but in order to even shoot for like Amazon and stuff like that, mm-hmm. no, Amazon, now Netflix, mm-hmm. yeah, there's like camera requirements. They only they'll only take video shot from certain cameras now. Really? Yeah, no, no, and, and most of them are 4K minimum. Okay, well, we can Odin look that up. Maybe maybe I'm, that information. You ain't got to look that up, bro. Maybe it's all facts. Maybe it's, all facts. Maybe it's a little outdated. No cap. Oh, it is outdated. Mm-hmm. I may, I'm not saying that they're shot in 4K or 1080p, but I'm saying. What you see at the movie theaters is 1080. Oh, yeah, that maybe depending on the screen. Yeah, that's true. That's what that, that's yeah. what I meant. Yeah, the, the quality, yeah, in the movie theater. Right. That's why most people don't go to movie theaters anymore. But, uh, I love the movie. Dude, both movie theaters by my house. Close. Both? Yeah. So sad, man. Ooh, we could go right to the, the San Francisco article on that one, too. I mean, too. that's what I was trying to do. You want to go there? Yeah. I, don't, I don't think Rune was ready, but let, let's skip the uh, debt looming crisis thing. Mm-hmm. Let's go straight to this. So... Before we go to the article, the my t- my quote here was uh, San Francisco Exodus continues. This is from uh, NBC in the Bay Area. But make can you make that map bigger, Arun? Please. So this map, please. Yeah, there you go. Downtown San Francisco business exodus. Wow. I saw this and I was like, shit, this is way worse than we thought it was. Athleta, uh, Banana Republic, the real, real, Amazon Go, DSW, the shoe store, H and M. T-Mobile, Marshalls, Disney, Uniqlo, CB2, Old Navy, The Container Store, Anthropology, Abercrombie & Fitch, Nordstrom, Nordstrom Rack, Saks Off Fifth, Office Depot, and now Sinmark Movie Theater. Pray and Barrel, CB2. I, well, I didn't want to cover all of them. But yeah, Old Navy. Yeah, Old Navy. I mean, damn. God damn. So, and keep in mind, Westfield is the manager of that property, right? The property manager. And mm-hmm. they, they, they're they actually pulling out themselves as the manager because of the problems that they're having now. So, let's play the video. The video is equally as disturbing. It sounds a lot like the last one we played about San Francisco, but obviously, this is a different exit by a different entity. We should and, really ask Odun, too, what his take on this, given that out of uh, the three of us, he's the only one here that's lived there. Oh, yeah. Let's play it first, and then we'll, yeah. then we'll hear what you have to say. Watching a movie inside the Century Theaters at the Westfield Mall in San Francisco will soon be a thing of the past. The movie theater 
is closing its doors. Cinemark confirmed the move Wednesday, saying it has decided to permanently close this location. Quote, before the conclusion of its lease term following a comprehensive review of local business conditions. The lease was reportedly expiring this September. Century Theatres joins a bunch of businesses who've also announced they're leaving the area or have already left. Take a look at the map. All right, you can stop it there. Following a comprehensive review of our relationship site, I've decided to leave the area. <laughs> you couldn't say I'm leaving more ambiguously if you tried. So I know you said earlier that you know, who even goes to the movie theater anymore? I love the movies. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, I know. So I, I know love the movies. Give, I know that you're a big movie buff guy. You like you like movies. I am a big movie buff guy. <laughs> exactly. That is correct. See what I did there? Compliments. It was inadvertent, but it was a Freudian slip. I'll take it. Yeah. Those are your true emotions. Unintended. Everything else you said was just you attempting to be sarcastic, and obviously you don't do a very good job of it. But now that your real feelings come out, I forgive you. So because I have accepted Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior, into my life. Yeah, I'm glad you do. I've been watching the Righteous Gemstones a lot on HBO. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, how does that make you feel? That, I mean, when was the, has Carter been to the movie theater yet? Uh, yeah, no, dude. Oh, I told you the story on the show, but the only movie we ever took him to, we were at Disneyland. We were on that trip to, the San, to Florida. It was the last day, and the movie Strange World came out. Oh, that's right. And then when there's people walking out, people were freaking out. And he did so great. He watched the whole movie. but And he's too young to really get the underlying like undertones and the political drama that people are pulling their people. You know, the, their, their kids out for and everything else. But right. I will say, uh, I was really excited for that Elemental movie that, that came out because mm-hmm. I saw the previews for it. And similarly to this, and we've watched Strange World a thousand times at home with him. And like, I'm all good. Like, I don't care. Like, all that other bullshit, like, whatever. If my son asks me questions, we'll answer them, you know? Right. Elemental apparently did really, really bad, even worse than Strange World because of the similar issues that Disney's been dealing with and, and some oh, of like wow. the woke culture and everything else that they're trying to be accepting of. And just, People aren't really getting it. And now I'm at the point where I'm like, look, I really want to take my son to see movies. Mm-hmm. But like, should I take him out to premieres or should I wait? Like, you know, at what point do I start getting concerned that some of the content in these movies are aimed at an older agenda than just kids having a good time? I mean, that's yeah, that's what I mean. We didn't take the kids to watch that or the uh, I think the Buzz Lightyear movie. There was something there, too. We had heard. I don't even know what it was. Yeah, but I didn't hear it until afterward. I probably would have taken. So, I mean, me. Me personally, I refuse to go to the movie theater opening weekend anyways because of, you know, some of the crazies out there. So, yeah, there you go. That, that, that robs the whole experience of what used to be going. Like, used to go to movie theater used to be like a thing, man. And I, I'm, always, I'm not going to lie. For me, going to the movie theater got even better when you had like lay down seat options and like seats that have your feet, you know, roll out. Because I'm so tall. Yeah. My knees would always hit the person in front of me. And always oh, like the luxury movie theaters? Right. Yeah, like a little bit like the luxury seating movie theaters and you can reserve your seat in advance. You don't have to worry mm-hmm. about getting those kind of things made going to movie theater so much easier. I was like, "This is dope! Like, I can I can do this for a long time." Right. And like when they had like service in the in the movie theater, they don't do it anymore. Right. But th- so like this really makes me sad because this kind of goes along with what the Airbnb CEO was saying. You know, this is this is one of those things that we should be doing together as a community, right? I I was never into uh, the Marvel movies when they were at their height, which makes you weird. Which makes me I, I wasn't into, but Odin actually got me into it after the fact during the pandemic. And I can only imagine what those movie theaters were probably like. Well, they'd be packed, man. People would be crying. Adventures Endgame, which I won't spoil. People were crying their ass off. I mean, that was... Grown as adults, men. That was one of the greatest movies ever put together. I mean, I'll I'll be the first to admit it. And I was like, I can't imagine what this would have been like at the movie theater. So for you, it's Adventures Endgame, then Bloodsport? (laughs) Is that that the the top two? I love Bloodsport. What is your favorite movie of all time? Favorite movie of all time... 
Oh man, just one one category, just all time. I guess all I guess all time. Yeah, I got a couple, but I mean, I'm a big fan of Fight Club because yeah. I when I first saw the movie, I didn't see the ending, mm-hmm. and it it just tripped me out. Yeah, Fight Club was, was a was a great movie. I like I like the artistry in that. I like a lot of Wes Anderson stuff, but in particularly uh, the Grand Budapest Hotel. Okay. I think just the cinematography, the colors, the vibe. I'll be honest, I haven't watched this, so I'll put that on my list to watch. I love that. You'll like that just because uh, I think it's Raphael or Raph Gaines, whatever his name is. Okay. Amazing actor, and he does such an amazing job in that movie. But um, there's so many that, I, that I, I like like that. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like all movies for the most part. But right. My personal favorites are, let's see, uh, Gladiator's up there, right? Mm-hmm. Love the movie Blow with Johnny Depp. Blow is one of my favorites, too. Top, um, top three, for just sure. That, that, that father component, father-son component, and him with his daughter, mm-hmm. like, it gets me every time. Every time I watch it. That movie got me emotional at the end. Gets me really, yeah. really emotional, especially the little voice. I don't want to kill it for anybody. I mean, you, sh- you have to have seen it by now. But the yeah. voice recording he sends to his dad, like, crushes me every time. Yeah. And then uh, Ocean's Eleven, baby. I'm a, nah, over that good fellas all day long. Over that? I mean, just the, the comedy component of Ocean's Eleven. You can't beat that. I, I thought Ocean's Eleven was a little cliche. What? Yeah. I, I know I have the star power behind it, but Goodfellas to me will always be... Goodfellas is great. I'm not going yeah. mean, to argue. Goodfellas Ray was... Ray Dalio, right? Isn't there? God damn it. No, is he not? You said Ray Dalio? Is it not his name? Is that not his name? Really? We're going to do this? <laughs> oh, that's right. What's his name? God damn, Ray something. That's right, Ray Dalio from Principles. <laughs> oh, Ray, Ray Liotta. <laughs> As Henry Hill. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Or Ray Dalio. Yeah, or Ray Dalio. Ray Dalio wishes he was in that movie. They always called us the Principles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That guy, yeah. That guy. Yeah. Oh, he passed away. I know. Shocker. Um, so, over in his grave right San now. Francisco is turning into uh, a really weird... Really weird place. My wife and I again spoke about it, and I, I just if this continue, there was video we saw in the news, and I watched a lot of the Bay Area news, where people were literally running in the stores, grabbing as much as they could, and leaving in stolen cars, mm-hmm. and like gunning out of the parking lot. I, I've heard stories. I mean, even this is this isn't just recent. Back in the day when Odin used to live there, Odin, how many years ago did you live there? Um, when, 2015, 2016, so yeah, what, seven, I, eight years ago. I remember when he said that sounding sad. You hear that? He misses it. He did. Um, people would park their cars on the street, windows down, signs on their car saying nothing in the car. They still do that. No, now they do, some of them even carry like broken glass with them and they put it in the seat to make it look like somebody already broke the window. Then you got to clean it up when you go drive it the next day. That's better than breaking out, you know, having someone break your car and like, you know. Yes. Yeah. That, that whole concept to me was crazy in the first place. If it's that bad, yeah. like move out of there. Or, you know, don't drive. <laughs> don't drive. That's I right. Mean, just don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Problem is, it's so. I think people people who haven't been there don't understand. It's very there's a lot of hills. In San no, Francisco. I, I get that Uber, Uber, forty dollar drive. Speaking is, like is an worth. elitist, man. Jesus. All I'm saying is, man, forty dollar drive is better than one hundred eighty dollars a picture window. One hundred percent, I agree. You know, I'm just throwing that out there. Yeah, bro, do you miss it? I do. I love the city life. No car, just walk everywhere. See? Uber everywhere. Everything's within a mile and a half, two mile walk. I'm not gonna take that bait. I don't do that. Oh, man. Nope. It's, a, it's a quick walk. I'm a respectful individual, and I respect your life choices. This guy. The fact that he even Steve did that. a number to you. Right? You made some big choices, you know, my friend, and I don't Here respect are you, that. Here you, big boy. 
<laughs> or he was the, I, I swear to God, you couldn't, you couldn't have prepped him because he was so sincere when he saw him. He was like, oh, shit. What's up, Beckel? He didn't get it. Yeah. He, he was like, he was just completely thrown off. Right. And I'm like, you're bigger than me, motherfucker. What the fuck? <laughs> you should have called him out. Let me see my finger in your belly button and check, <laughs> check the difference. It's like a dipstick. Yeah, you gotta exactly. figure out when the moisture comes off. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> What's going on with this article from Bloomberg? The debt crisis looming in commercial real estate. I know we've been harping on this a lot last show and this show, but I think People need to understand how important this is. Every recessionary economy has a catalyst. I truly think that the general aggregate perspective so far is that this is likely to be it. Not bank failure, surprisingly, mm-hmm. which shocks me given where we were on March 10th. I think this consensus now, this is going to be our subprime crisis. This is going to be our catalyst, which kicks our recession into full swing. Arun, give it a play with that sexy warm up. Let's talk about the debt crisis looming in commercial real estate from Bloomberg. Big take, we're breaking down how higher interest rates are influencing property values, the commercial real estate market. And it is obviously a, a story that so many are interested in right now. Natalie Wong and John Gittleson co-authoring the big take and joining us with some more perspective. Thanks both for being here. And you heard those comments from Chair Powell. In your piece, uh, John, I'll start with you. You, you dive into the numbers on how much commercial debt is coming due, um, how it's going to hit. What can you tell us about the numbers right now? Big numbers. Uh, Depending on your source, the Mortgage Bankers Association says over the next two years, in the U.S. alone, $1.4 trillion of debt coming due. Much of that won't be a problem, but there's a lot of it that's office debt. And that will be harder to refinance because A, the cost of borrowing is up, and B, the value of those buildings are down. And so people are going to have to pay a lot of money or decide not worth it to refinance these places. So are we starting to see transactions um, normalize or or any hint, Natalie, that that's going to happen? Because right now we're stuck in um, a kind of transactional stalemate, right? Sellers don't want to let go at much lower prices and buyers are having to finance purchases at much higher interest rates. Right. I mean, we've been stuck for quite some time now over the past few years, especially especially in the office sector. Sellers and buyers just weren't agreeing on what price to sell at. But now we're at a tipping point, which John mentioned, there's $1.4 trillion of commercial real estate debt coming due in the next 18 months. And a lot of banks and lenders and owners have to decide exactly what to do and where values stand. But we're still at a point now where transactions haven't necessarily been at full force because... All right, Aaron, you can stop it there. And I have got a shit ton to say. I love to hear it. So the reason why I like this and I wanted to play up that part was because there's a lot of corollaries to the single family market. Okay. A lot of people have been saying, Chris, where is this correction you've been talking about? Where, where is this? You said July. And I think we're already seeing it. I think we were right on the money with July. I think mm-hmm. the West Coast is getting impacted, obviously, more than other places. But I understand people that are not impacted, the Midwest, the South, which we covered in previous episodes, and even parts of the East Coast, for that matter, them saying, well, we're not seeing it here. It's different here. And there's pockets all over the country, even on the West Coast, where it's not being impacted. Right. What they're saying here is that there's a stalemate in the commercial real estate space. Sellers don't want to sell at the values that, they, that they're, they're selling. Buyers don't want to buy at the values that sellers. So there's a stalemate. Not too dissimilar to the stalemate that's happening in the single family world right now. 
mm-hmm. where people have really low rates. They don't want to sell. And if they do sell, they want to they sell way over value. They want to sell at higher, higher dollar amounts. Well, guess what? Buyers don't want to do that because now their cost of buying because interest rates have gone up is so much higher. So we're at the stalemate. People have chosen largely not to sell. So you've seen transactional volume come down. Yep. And just like the commercial real estate world where all this debt is coming due now, the commercial real estate world has a catalyst that they have adjustable rate mortgages effectively or, or loans that come due uh, over three, five, seven in year, in just years or so. Mm-hmm. And they have all this money to come and do. So if you got a loan three, five or seven years ago and it's coming due, this, that's where that one point something, whatever trillion dollars comes from. Right. In the single family world, you don't have that as most people locked in a 30 year fixed rate at super historical rate lows. But what you do have is the same ticking time bomb of consumer debt, one trillion dollars of it, the highest we've ever had, non-household debt at highest levels we've ever seen, mm-hmm. right behind it. And that will be the catalyst for the single family side that may break that, maybe at the same time, maybe a little bit before, maybe a little bit after, we don't know. Yeah. But that's why we're so confident that home values will effectively come down when we break that barrier. Right. Household debt now at 17 trillion, consumer credit card debt at a trillion. 988. That's a lot of trillions. Uh, that's a lot of millions. A lot of billions. A lot of billions. We get to a trillions. Yeah, a lot of somebody. 18 know, trillions. A lot more millions. We should be mathematics. <laughs> that's what we do. <laughs> so uh, this report from Bloomberg here says that a, apartment buildings also are set to come down. Values are set to come down 21%. And yeah. that, that part I don't really understand or agree with. There was an article I was going to put in the show notes I didn't about a guy who was really, really big in, in office buildings. Okay. And he got, I don't know who, why they interviewed him on CNBC, but he gets on the end of CNBC and he's, you know, he's all upright in his chair. He's professional. He's not dressed like an asshole like I am. He's in a suit and a tie. Mm-hmm. And he looks in the camera and he's focused and he goes, you know, there's a lot of people out there that are talking about commercial real estate. And as an expert, mm-hmm. I can tell you that not all commercial real estate is equal. And I'm like, okay, well, so far he's right. Oh, I'm on board. And he goes, as an investor in office space, I got to tell you, I'm more worried about multifamily apartment complexes because I... I think that's that's a ticking time bomb. And I'm like, so tell me you want a lot of yeah, office, office space without yeah. telling me a lot of look yeah. over there, kids. Yeah. Um, but if you look here, it says office office is down negative twenty seven percent, apartment building is down negative twenty one percent, mean, is that, mall is down eighteen percent. Is, is that there's be- no world where malls are gonna be let lower in value declines than apartment building. I mean, there's no way. There's no there's no world, right? And I mean, is some of this have anything to do with a lot more of the multifamily properties that are will be receiving their certificate of occupancies and coming online uh over the next you know give it six months to 12 months particularly as it relates to high-end apartment buildings built in the south and the sunbelt states the speculation is that area call it from like california to arizona nevada texas up through all the way to florida uh-huh. and maybe even a little bit north of florida if you want to get into land in some of those areas but all these high-end multifamily apartments coming on coming due the supposition is, is that they won't that their vacancy will increase and valuations will go down. Mm. But if you're in rent controlled areas, I really don't see this being a big deal. That's largely California's only five real rent control states in in the country. But I just I don't see apartment buildings going down. I don't see rent going down that dramatically unless there's a a significant break. Right. I'm talking a recession, office values going down, home values going down. Unless that happens. Yeah. I don't see apartment building values going down. And we've said many, many, many times on the show that we do expect home values to go down. We expect a correction, not a crash, crash between 20% or more. Right. Keep in mind, if our speculation is wrong with my speculation, I won't give you credit for it because you didn't agree or disagree. If we see a 3% inflation number, don't shake your head at me, sugar. Hold my hand, baby. Come on now. Go for it. 
Come on, then. No, go for it. When I call you sugar, you're supposed to respond and be affectionate. Come on. Go, let's go. Hold this hand. Hold my hand, sugar. Oh, no, let's go. No? No. Don't flinch, Chris. Don't give up. <sighs> That's right. I'm not giving up. I'm just going to wait for him to appreciate the compliment. <laughs> so. I was trying to thought. No, I didn't. I'm, I'm just trying to say, if we think inflation is going to come in at 3% as far as a handle goes, right? The Fed funds target rate that Bernanke put in place. We don't two care. Two to 3%. We don't care about the headline figure. They've repeatedly said, no, I, I care about core inflation. That's fine. But if the headline figure is 3% handle, mm-hmm. and let's say they increase interest rates 25 basis points, okay? It's going to push that down incrementally further, correct? Mm-hmm. Maybe not anywhere near the trajectory, but maybe incrementally further, okay. right? If that happens, now let's say you're in the mid mid 3% range or headline, not core, but you're going down the trajectory. You got to have rent and rent equivalent come down. Which will, they will. By the end of the year, that will come down. Okay, so home prices and rents coming down a little bit. Rents coming down a little bit will impact apartment buildings. 21%, I don't see that. Right. 20% in values in homes, I don't see that. 10%, yeah, sure, okay. Mm-hmm. 15%, maybe. Right. But yeah, so this this whole number of the apartment building seems overstated to me, just way out the gate. But I don't think you're going to have the massive correction in values. And that really honestly scares me. Because here's what I'm thinking. If you talk about the average first-time home buyer trying to get in. Yes. It, it, it is incomprehensibly expensive for someone to buy a home now. I think it it's is. like 7x the average earnings in, in the country in order to buy a home. Yep. I mean, that, that's insanity. It is. And yet, people are saying, well, home values got to go up. They got to go up. And I just, I, it blows my mind. People aren't worried about affordability. Affordability is a problem. And if you're not worried about it for you, worry about it for your kids, man. Right. How are they going to buy a home? Unless you give them yours or you give them that opportunity. You're wealthy enough to do that. And I hope we all are. Right. Our kids might not be able to afford a home unless there's a correction at some point in time that's big. So why not endure it now and save them and this next generation the opportunity and the pain? Of having to rent in perpetuity. Right. It's not a bad thing to have a bit of a reset. I don't know. You know? And uh, to all the realtors in my DMs saying like, hey, I'm in Orange County. I know you, bro. Home values here aren't going down. You don't know what you're talking about. I present to you this article from The Real Deal. Orange County home prices expected to fall by 11% as recession looms. Mm-hmm. 11%. Have it. You know this is affecting the West Coast more so than anywhere else. So far. But it, so will, far. It, will, it will spread. Yes. It will spread. Now, 11% was an interesting number, particularly because it lines right with where we said the correction would be. And a 15%. So, of course, I'm a braggadocious, arrogant asshole who decided to repost this on my Instagram. <laughs> but I think, oh, Arun can make it bigger. That was very fancy. Mm-hmm. Despite hashtag Los Angeles' controversial transfer tax sending buyer interest to the city's neighbor to the south, hashtag Orange County, mm-hmm. someone is being a little hashtag hoary, home prices are expected to tumble by 11% in the next six months. Believe it. Six months, kids, by the end of the year, which aligns with exactly what Saeed and I have been calling. That's why I called you sugar. You're sweet as hell tonight, pie. And the 15% by the end of the year. A lot of people have been asking me, like, what's going on? You guys said this, and I've and I've passed that message on to other people and they pulled themselves out of the market. You guys are assholes. I'm like, God damn. Mm. 
Well, I like being an asshole, but I like being a correct asshole. Right. Chapman University economics, uh, uh, economist, sorry, predicted a mild national hashtag recession. The hoariness continues. In the second half of the year, driving down the coastal community's year-end local median sales price to $885,000. Yeah. An 11% drop from 993000 currently in June and 19% off the $1.1 1. $1 high of spring of 2022. $1.1 $1. $1 million average home price in 2022. Good God, man. I'm not going to. Uh, there's no way I'm going to be able to help my kids out. Buy a house. There's also like six thousand more hashtags at the end of this. What's up with the hashtags? Did those really convert? According to YouTube's algorithm and the stuff they've been saying, they say three to four of them will help you convert. But honestly, man, nobody really knows. Like Ryan Magan, that dude who does all the 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 text on the screen, oh, the captions, you, the captions, and all that stuff. He kind of really pioneered that. Yeah, he's always believed in not using them, and he has like a lot of posts that he's pushed showing no hashtags. And his right, his explanation has always been like. When you put up hashtags, it kind of the algorithm puts you in niches. When you don't put up hashtags, it just spreads like wildfire if you can get right enough, right amount of eyes on it. Right. I wouldn't know because I really haven't had a whole lot go viral, but that's allegedly the rumor. Right. So he's like, why would you automatically give social media's algorithm a way to correlate and file your content? Yeah. Have them show it to as many people as possible. That would be my ideology. Yeah, that's what I would do. But the best. other argument is that you show it to people who are interested in that hashtag and that topic, and they typically, uh, they typically respond to it better. Mm. Anything interesting in the comments, Arun? Just realtors saying it's a lie. <laughs> Let's read okay. some of them. That's I'm, my favorite I'm, type of shit. I'm Let's convenient. go. Let's go. What do you got for me? Give, me? give me one. Give me some of that bang, bang. Buyer demand. Okay, not quite. Buyer demand in OC remains very strong, resulting in multiple offers and upward pressure on closing prices. Median sale price so far in June is one million forty thousand dollars, not nine hundred ninety-three thousand, as reported. If inventory levels remain the same, the second half of the year will likely see prices hold firm. And if rates drop, there will be even more buyer demand, further driving up oh. prices. Oh, stop right there. Go back up, Arun. I saw the CEO of Compass, uh, Anthony Buyer underscore Real Estate. Let Anthony, me explain something. To you. Anthony, I think it's, Anthony. Anthony. I think it's yeah, Anthony Vitar. No Anthony Twenty. There's no H there. Anthony. Click on his profile. There you go. Let's get in there. Anthony. His name is Anthony Batar, you racist fucks. Anthony Batar. There's right. no H. Yeah, realtor. Why are you trying to put everybody into a box, man? It's not. He's a proud right. husband and father, man. Give him his. So he his... looks He looks like what? Maybe in his late 30s? Mid 30s at best? Oh, we're not going to assume. I don't no, know. no. Just, I mean, what do you think? How, how do you sure. think he is? Yeah. Beautiful family. Yeah. 14 years. Okay. Some of the most economic prosperous times ever, right? Mm -hmm. He probably has an experienced recessionary economy. Right. Okay. And then he cites that as long as, as, as uh, supply is there, right, if inventory levels remain the same, second half of the year, demand will, be the, the demand will still be high because supply is there. He's completely not acknowledging the fact that they're talking about a recession. Mm -hmm. The impacts of recession are affordability. People aren't making as much. They're not willing to spend as much. And rates are going higher. Right. And that affordability will drive this. Again, another realtor who does not want to acknowledge the impacts of equilibrium price theory. Right. Exactly. Let's go to so another what doesn't What doesn't go well for him, so the uh, Case-Shiller Index just came out. Right? Mm, yeah. And, I mean, he's totally ignoring the fact that these are Chapman economists. Let's, what does Case-Shiller have to say? Home prices posted their first year-over-year -year decline in 11 years. I talked about that in the last show. As of, as of April, right? So that... I let off that, the last show with that. That doesn't, that doesn't go, go well for him, right? But, it, no, but, 
No, I'm I'm, yeah. I'm referencing it. Jeez, dude. Didn't feel like you were. Because in addition to that, new home sales report came out. That came out today. Oh, okay. yeah. Okay, that's right. You added this because it had new home sales in it. That's why I added it. You did it. tell me that before the show. I did tell you that, and you wanted to be an asshole, but it's okay. I didn't, I didn't want to be an asshole. I'm a forgetful asshole. Is there a difference? So, so generally... Malicious, maliciousness is not, un, is not intentional. Is that okay? So here's the problem with that. You're just right? ignoring everything tonight. High, the highest prices of the year are generally... a get reported and put on the market in the summertime, mm-hmm. right? Just off seasonality. Lowest prices are usually in fall and winter. So that that is a big cause for concern if the case Schiller is reporting a decline, right? Yep. But what buyers are showing that they're more interested in is affordability. Based on this new sales report, check this out. Month over uh, month, over month, they're up 12.2%. Year over year, up 20%. Okay, price distribution at new homes that were sold in the new home sales data, you see an increasing share of new homes sold under $300,000 because that's all that's affordable right now. Mm -hmm. So these upticks that you're seeing on this report, obviously, doesn't, people can't afford these homes. And those $300,000 homes are going to get less affordable as rates rise. Right. And this isn't, this is, you know, national averages. Mm -hmm. So this is not definitely not. State of California. And that, that's where a lot of people get this, this stuff wrong is, is they're trying to be very microeconomic driven. They're looking at the local economies and they're mm-hmm. saying that our economy isn't responding that way. Instead of reading the tea leaves and reading so much of the things that are macroeconomic factors that would and will likely impact them, right? they're just in complete denial that those things will come to, to, to roost in their area, in their neighborhood. Right. So, uh, and as far as the supply goes, for new homes, they have about seven and a half months of supply. Mm-hmm. That's if, if people are to continue to buy at the pace that they're buying. They have seven and a half months of supply for new home sales and only three months of supply for existing home sales. And to point that out there, okay, it, a healthy amount is about six months. Yes. So if you've got more than a healthy amount in new home sales, mm-hmm. you got about half that in existing home sales. Mm-hmm. You can kind of do the math that we're we're hitting inflection points now. Yes. Right. And keep in mind, home sales, new home sales were up because people didn't have to bid against other people. Mm-hmm. They could put their name on a waiting list. They could put their money down. They could wait for their home to be built. And they generally were paying the builder. Right. It wasn't like this bidding process. Where they're outbidding other people for a home. Right. They got in. They got an offer. The builder needed the money. They committed. They could go that route without the competition. Right. I'm trying to think about my segue to this because we did have. Somebody that sent it that sent in a question about buying a home and wrapping it up under an LLC. Oh, yeah, yeah that's right. That I, I, I did promise. I did that was promise, Alex, right? Uh, yes, it was Alex. All right. Um, I did promise this listener that we would we would cover it. Um, so I figured we'd get into it. Yeah, bang it out, brother. Can you pull it up? I believe I put it in the show notes, please. Down towards the bottom here. You know, I feel, again, with the... Or before we go here, what's going on tonight? Why are you off? <laughs> Why are you walking? No, I mean you, you're doing your thing. Like okay. I mean, I'm not. The show's good. Uh huh. I just don't feel the engagement from you right now. <laughs> I feel like your algorithm's broken. No, come on. I, What's I, going on? I'm trying to adjust. You tired? No, you were tired last episode. I was very tired last episode. I'm still very tired this episode. I was trying to avoid coughing this whole time, but no, not at all. This this from our boy. Alex. Right back on topic, Rune. You see what I'm talking about here? Damn. Right? I'm trying to get back on top. What's wrong with Play that? Play with me a little right? bit, man. Play with you a little bit. Well, I'm you're not giving me anything right now. It's all like, back to the show, folks. Hold his hand. Hold his hand. <laughs> like, I don't, you don't need you want to hold my hand? Hold my hand. Yes, I do. Hold my hand. Now read it. All right. Well, here we go. Also, 
you mentioned in the previous episode, you guys talked about mansion owners purchasing them their you know single family properties under LLC to avoid a mansion tax. Is there any benefit or advantage for someone looking to buy their first home under an LLC? Also, what would really be the cons? Ideally, the first home we buy isn't our forever home, but we end up renting it. I think he means we'll end up renting it out eventually. Yeah. So I know we've talked about it before um, on previous episodes. A lot of the savvy real estate investors, what they like to do is wrap up each one of their um, investment properties under a separate LLC to give them some layer of protection, right? Okay, so... Wow, I can see now that we've made some comments in previous shows that may have been confusing, and I apologize. Yes. I apologize for that, and I think that sometimes we can go a little fast, and we might we might kind of conflate issues a little bit. Mm-hmm. So this is not on you; this is on us. So, not all lenders, and as a matter of fact, the overwhelming majority of lenders will not allow you to borrow an entity outside of like a trust. Yes, and usually it's a living trust only, a revocable trust especially for your primary residence right and the reason why is that is generally not considered a commercial purpose and for the purposes of getting loans anything one to four units is generally considered for the purposes of getting a loan at least anyway single family residences even though it's a multi-unit of two units three units or four units that's an income producing property they're still financed vis-a-vis traditional financing for the same way you would get your home which means it's typically challenging to get somebody who will make you a loan in an LLC. Now, community banks, smaller lenders, regional banks, or lenders who specialize in this, they may allow you to put it into an LLC and then for you to finance it that way. And if you can, that's great. But most people don't own their primary residence in an LLC. So uh, just go back a little bit on that. For people that are going to get traditional loans on let's say a four unit because it is considered a single family residence, mm-hmm. right? They're going to have to show proof of income enough to support that property like they would your primary residence. Right. right. And you can get into a program where you put a lot less down, like three, three and a half percent down if you qualify for some of those programs. I've never recommended that mm-hmm. because you need the properties to cash flow. But, but that income that you're receiving from those other units to apply towards mortgage, they won't look at it that way as an investment property. A traditional lender will not. There are, there are other lenders out there who will look at the income producing potential. Generally speaking, the trade-off for a lender who looks at that is a higher rate. You have to go find a lender that will do that. And there's a lot of creative lenders out there who are, who are in that space. Yes. Now, if you're a wealthy individual, if you belong to a private bank and you have assets under management, the wealth advisory firm, you've got a lot of money with them or a lot of loans with them, you're like Chase's private bank or, you know, you're, you're just a high profile person. Or you've developed a relationship with a community bank that we've talked about before. Right. Then getting them to finance in an LLC for you is not so much of a problem. Now, let me explain why. Typically speaking, most people that are your big box lenders, your Wells, your Chase, your B of A, they are going to finance your property to agency guidelines, Freddie, Mac, Fannie Mae. Because they want to sell your loan in the secondary market. If they, if they ever have the opportunity, they'll probably consider doing that or they'll keep it in portfolio just based on how they want to balance, you know, manage their balance sheet. But they'll, they'll underwrite you to agency guidelines, which will not allow them to finance you in the LLC. But if you're in a private bank, they typically know they're going to keep your loan on their balance sheet and they're not going to sell it in the secondary market to somebody. And because of that, they can get a little more creative. They'll allow you to put it in there. But typically speaking, LLC ownership for a property is a commercial real estate structure. 
they know this is an investment property. It's going to have passive income for you or, or some type of income for you. If, if you're a, a business owner, a great way that you can structure this is your business uh, widget incorporated that makes widgets has cash flow coming in, but you need a building for widget incorporated to be in. You could actually buy the building under widget LLC and then have widget LLC rent the property to widget incorporated. And then you can write off your rent that you're paying to yourself. That's a very common owner occupied LLC structure. Now, when you're buying a home for yourself, you don't have the same benefit, at least not with not without consulting your CPA and figuring out if that may, may or may not work for your structure, but most people aren't going to have that. I don't think buying an LLC for your first property is a good idea or using an LLC to buy your first property is a good idea. Now, what I do think it's a good idea is if you're looking for a little bit of protection and you want to be pragmatic and thoughtful about where you buy your property, how you buy your property, buy it under a trust. Mm-hmm. Something that we've talked about on the show before. There's no reason why you can't do that. All agency lenders typically allow you to do that. It gives you the same level of protection. Uh, that you would normally get. Now, the tax basis may not be the same, but you may not need that anyway because it's a primary owner-occupied property. Why does it give you the same level of protection? Because a trust, as long as you don't you know, violate or pierce the corporate veil, if you will, or violate the terms of the trust, is an entity which protects your assets from your own personal liability. Mm-hmm. Now, keep in mind, a trust, whether revocable or irrevocable, has implications. You have to abide by the terms of the trust, meaning that you can't do things outside of the trustee relationship that you have set up for yourself. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people think that you have to have a trust that's like the John Smith Revocable Family Trust. Okay. You can name your trust whatever you want. As a matter of fact, my trust does not name my name in it because I don't want people to be able to find me by Googling it, searching right. it. Right. So that's one way to do it. When you start off, that's what I recommend doing if you're going to put it in anything. Put it into a trust. Typically speaking, most lenders will say, put it in your individual name and then transfer it to your trust contemporaneous with the closing of your loan. Mm-hmm. That's a great way to start. Once you build a portfolio where you're approaching 10, 10 loans under your personal name, if you ever get there, you know, God willing, you knock on wood, whatever you want to do, right. then guess what? Then you have to start being creative about putting stuff in LLCs, paying them off, getting commercial credit. But know that when you go that route, you typically get three, five, seven-year fixed. You don't get 15-year, 30-year fixed mm-hmm. product which pays down over time. So it's a very different mentality. Yeah. I know there's a lot there to unpack. We did some previous episodes, which broke this down a little bit. There's the ultimate guide to buying a home, I think, which is really, really early on, I want to say in 2022. Mm-hmm. And then we did a couple of episodes that talked a lot about home buying, which you can also find if you go back and search the catalog. Right. That was a lot. No, I'm sorry. Let him cook. Yeah, Let there. him cook. Look, he's back. He's happy now. <laughs> Aw. Look in. There you go. What's going on? Why are you so, you know, what do you mean? What's going on? You're, rig- you're very rigid tonight. Uh, who's very rigid? You're very stiff. We are talking about favorite movies earlier. What are you talking about? But why do the hip thing, the shoulder, like, why are you mad? Why are you mad? Why, why are you mad? Yeah, what's going on? Oh, oh what's going on? Show me on this cup where, where I touched you. <laughs> well, well done. So this from The Real Deal. Silicon Valley office vacancy jumps to 17% as tech firms shed floors. I mean, this should have been Brought in a little bit earlier, but um, I didn't think that was such a sensational number—the seventeen percent. You didn't think so? What I what I I find this like challenging for them though. Like, okay, so these are their own properties, their own headquarters, their own buildings. How how is this ever going to recover? Have you seen some of these headquarters? Fuck, man, they're massive. No, I have a a really close friend that uh, works for uh, Meta, Uh and he's like itching to take me to see see them, uh, the headquarters. Uh, Have you been to one Hacker Way or stuff? No. 
Oh my God. So I, I've been. But is it the same? Now that they've, they've openly admitted they've given up so many perks. I don't know what the camp, I haven't been there since they gave up the perks, but I've, I've been there when they had them and just the sheer campus size is, is pretty impressive. Yeah. They are, they are massive, massive campuses. Imagine like driving or riding your bike through all these like greens and hills and everything else and buildings on every side and all those buildings are co-workers. There's weird. like commissaries. I mean, it's Jeez. it's crazy. Yeah, it was crazy during during its peak. Mm. I will say this: as much as this is sensational to me, I got to tell you that my my bigger, I, I'm I'm still trying to find where reality is. Okay, we were distracted. This whole this whole Titan submarine thing distracted us from a lot of real things that were going on in the world. I, and I, I'm I'm blown away that I missed that this was not an internet meme thing. That Elon Musk and and the Zucks they oh. really go fight. Is it really going to go down? That Elon Musk was training with Lex Friedman today. Friedman. Yeah. Well, he, Lex Friedman is a black belt. He was training with Lex Friedman. But your boy, Zuck. He's a legit, like, jiu-jitsu fighter. Like, he's like a yellow belt. He's won tournaments. Yeah. I think he's going to serve Elon, like, serve his ass on the silver platter. These guys have talked shit for, like, years. Like, he said that, that Zuckerberg was an idiot and didn't understand AI. I got and, my money on Zuck, being honest. I, and look, I, I, look at, I look at Zuck and I'm like, he's in shape. Mm -hmm. He's younger. You might look a little goofy and weird, but that doesn't mean it can't mess you up. I mean, I feel like with Elon, if Elon's training just to fight this, Zuck is passionate about this. And he's been doing it for a minute. I no, I think he's just picked up over the last couple of years. Honestly. I, um, I know that... The last couple of years is better than, hey, uh, Lex Friedman, can you um? No, can you I, no I, I think... Odin, look this up, please. I think Elon has been secretly training, too. Just not, maybe not as consistent as Zuck. You just said Elon's been secretly training, but you want to have him look it up and see if it's on the internet? I think I'm just That's saying. a terrible secret. Oh. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, but I think he wasn't his guy and it got leaked. Oh, did you find anything? Nope. Nope. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, no, I think he. And he that man is a master of finding things quick. So I got to tell you right now GSP offered to train uh, Elon Musk. Yeah, that's fucked up. Why, why do you hate Zuckerberg that much? <laughs> I think people just don't like his face. Like, he has a very hateable face. You ever notice that? I think his haircut has no style. He's very like that matters, he's right? Very like, bland. Like, do they CEOs of this size are they like getting coached on like style and appearance? And does it matter? Or someone just like well, I don't give a fuck. I, I think some are, some aren't. I don't think Zuck cares. I mean, I feel like they could have chose some uh, some better pictures of these two. Some of the hand gestures that they're making are a little inappropriate. I don't know what. What are you referencing? I mean, the comments say it all. Go ahead, read the comments. What do the comments say? Go ahead, scroll down, Odin. Right. Cancel uh, AI in chat no, GPT. When I was on it, when I was on it earlier, they were all saying it couldn't have picked. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. this guy's comment. Cancel AI in chat GPT. Don't use it unless you want to be out of a job. Yeah, that isn't going to stop the technology from rolling out, Chief. Yeah. Office is essential and important for business. Also a genius but comment. We talked about it on the show that we don't think it, it's going to be that as big of a phenomenon. <sighs> yeah. Silicon Valley vacancies oh, up to 35%. Out of all the images of Sundar, you chose this one. I think Sundar looks pretty dope, man. Does he? I would I mean, not, yeah, not. Maybe not here. Arm is just in a weird position. That's all. I mean, I, I Zuck, Zuck's too. Why both of them? I don't understand what you're referencing. Come on, man. Can you explain it to me? What's the reference? I don't get it. Everyone can go look it up. I'm not saying it. This is terrible. What's so terrible about it? No. Oh, see this. What? You and I briefly had a discussion about this. We we're pretty late into the show, but we can cover it pretty quickly. Oh, man. Oh, and, we, and, we, and I forgot to bring this in, too. Corporate defaults rose last month. This based from the CNBC article. High interest rates and 
economic uncertainty are behind the recent rise in corporate defaults. Corporate defaults rose last month with 41 in the U.S. so far this year. That's more than double the same period last year, according to Moody's. Want to explain what a corporate default is, Chief? Oh, tell me. I don't know. <laughs> are they defaulting on their debts? Sounds like that's what you're referencing. But... That's, that's what I'm referencing. Odin, scroll down a little bit more, please. Over there, yeah. Companies are defaulting on their debt. Why'd you, why'd you ask me when you just write that in the article? Yeah, I want to see if you know. Come on. Companies are defaulting on their debt due to uncertain economic conditions and heavy debt loads. High interest rates have made it dif- difficult to refinance as debt is more expensive. So no- nothing that we haven't talked about on the show. But we mentioned this. We mentioned this maybe almost a year ago this time that defaults, bankruptcies, delinquencies, all this stuff's going to be on the rise. You know what we got wrong, though? What did we get wrong? Why are you looking at you in the face? We make mistakes for humans. We, yeah, we, I want you to know that it was both of us. I, yeah, not I said, me. I said what we got wrong. You're being real off tonight, bro. <laughs> Don't do this. Your wrist is real off, man. You just wink at me? <laughs> so many, <laughs> your vibe is off, King. I don't, I, don't, I don't know what you're doing right now. We said a year ago that we expected this to happen, but I expected it to happen in the consumer space before we saw it more in the corporate space, to be honest with you. Yeah. This is surprising to me to see that companies are seeing the impacts before the consumer is. That's a trip. Well, so corporate loans, right? Corporate credit is at all-time high over $10 trillion, okay? Just like consumer credit, like, all-time like 10, high. It would be $10.5 trillion, okay? All-time high. Consumer credit, $17 trillion. Mm-hmm. U.S. government debt, uh, $32 trillion. They can thank the Fed funds rate and the FOMC for that because so, their right. rates got jacked like ours did. So what? how do we get to this point? The FOMC did it. FOMC. By making the Fed funds rate damn near 0%, right? Making it free to borrow money, right? For a long, long ass time. For a long, and people took advantage of that. And what I don't, I think what people don't understand took is. Took advantage. They were brainwashed by it. Like those realtors we were talking on the, on the Real Deal article. Right. They legitimately do not understand that if your solution to this whole crisis is rates going down, mm-hmm. we were already at the floor, man. Yeah. That, that, that doesn't work in this economy. Stop. So. I can't remember the article that I was reading, and I didn't put it in the show notes. I'll try to find it and put it on the next one. But what what the article said was that we, what we've also started experiencing is all-time highs of levered uh, corporate stock buybacks. Yeah. Yeah. I see that. And that is really, really dangerous, right? Because every time a company buys back their stock, what, what is it signaling to the markets? They believe in their company. They believe in the strength, company. Yeah. but when you're doing that with borrowed money, yeah, that's so, that again, poses a real risk, man. I don't think we ever talked about this in the show, but I should I should point out, anytime you see somebody doing like a stock buyback or paying off sub debt or any of the stuff that that you see out there is traditionally a good thing, mm-hmm. you always gotta look into it a little heavier because the accounting rules, as much as we think they're super tight, right. There are things like that, yeah. which can be done, which gives you the perception of strength, but really are just moving, you know, p- pieces of the puzzle around different areas in the same board. It's right. not not really solving any problems. It's just giving the optics of solving problems. And I, I don't want to be the doom and gloom guy. You are that guy. I am. But I mean, I just stay up at night thinking about all the bad scenarios. Well, you've been kind of in a bad mood this whole show. So look here. Look at here. Look at at here. Look at here. Government has one source of income, This is why I tried to call you sugar. I thought it'd brighten you up. Government has one source of income. I called you sugar pie. You said nothing. Okay. I got no response. Our taxes, right? 
I will tax something tonight. Taxes, corporate taxes, right? Everything else, they get their money from bonds and treasuries and all that. Okay. So, if unemployment is expected to go up, what does that mean? Less, Less revenue made by individuals, less taxes to be paid. Government's government's revenue goes down. Corporate profits. Corporate profits go down. Less taxes to be made. The government is already overspending by $2 trillion a year. Trillions on trillions. There's a lot of trillion talk. God damn, a lot of trillions. A lot of trillions. Government is already spending over $2 trillion a year having to borrow more, increasing their overall debt. Mm -hmm. That is right. What's going to happen when their revenue comes down? Now it's going to be three trillion. They'll raise the debt ceiling again. That's what they're going to do. Oh, yeah, number eighty. Yeah, you think we're still going to be around when they raise it the eightieth time? Yeah, in, like, in a week. <laughs> I know it's going to happen it's faster be, and faster. It's, it's going to be, gonna be up around. In, it's going to be up in a year. It's going to be like a year. Yeah. <laughs> Elizabeth Warren will be the first. You didn't know we had to raise it a year later. Uh, I'll call, I call her Liz from that one. Liz. Lizzie Warren. Lizzie. Yeah. Lizzie. Yeah. You know what she wants to go? No. Nope. You know what? She, I, <laughs> you and I both thought it. <laughs> I didn't think a damn thing. You're yes, nasty. You, yes, you did. Yes, you did. Lizzie I, with the glizzy. I, oh. <laughs> she calls it Jerome Powell. <laughs> it's late, kids. Look, that's the first time you smile all episode. <laughs> this is called happiness. I'm glad you're experiencing it for the first yeah. time tonight. I swear, Odun calling me out as the villain really, really makes me second it, guess dude, everything I want to say. You've been off, man. Hey, Arun, do me a favor real quick. Out of fear of being yes. called the villain. Come on in, Dr. Smooth. Let's let's can you can you at least co-sign me? I'm not over exaggerating, right? Side side's been in, in a different funk, right? He's been funky. Halfway through the show, something happened. Yeah, you just like, like it was like a trigger. He's your like, butthole clenched up, <laughs> and, you, and you just you just didn't want to like you didn't want to go. He's clenched. I don't know what you're talking I, you, about. You were just completely ignoring me, going right back. You were looking straight at the shade. Yeah, yeah. You, you threw shade my way. Thank you very much for making articulate too. Come on, man. I'm just saying. I was trying to talk to you. You looking at the screen the whole time. Butthole clenched up tight. Mm-hmm. Swear to God, you're making a diamond in there. <laughs> like, what's going on? I always make diamonds, you know, under pressure. I don't feel like that kind of pressure. That's that's the cliche. What? Yeah, well, it's cliche. He gave, he gave you throw shade, and then you're like, "Oh, I always make diamonds under pressure." Come on, man. Anyways, what's kids. going on, man? What's going yeah. on? What's wrong? What ain't happened? Ain't nothing going what on. What happened halfway to the show? You know, we get, this mic's gonna turn off. Yeah. Those lights are gonna turn green, and you're gonna be like. You son of a bitch! You did X, Y, and Just air it out, man. Let's I go. No, I have no idea what you're talking about. Did something happen? What happened? Nothing happened. Pumpkin. <laughs> Boy, tired, man. Called you sugar pie. Called you sugar. Called you pumpkin. No, man. Summer schedule, honestly, nothing's happened on the show, but just thinking about how exhausted I am. Summer schedule for the, for the kids is, is exhausting, man. It's exhausting. We do a lot for the kids. Do a lot for the kids. And I uh, try to do it with a smile on my face so they don't feel it. So it's extra draining. So you come here and don't give me the smile. You don't deserve the smile, man. I feel not like I deserve a smile all the time. Not after the energy levels you gave me last week. I'm sorry. I was on like 16 antibiotics. Not good enough for me. And no, a steroid. I don't know. You make excuses. I'm not making excuses. Sounds I still like, keep sounds I like performed, excuses. God damn it. You did not perform. We watched that show last night. Not a single person was like, Chris, you look sick. <laughs> They're like, you look sick, dog. Yeah, like, yeah. nope. Oh, yeah, because I had the camera on Saeed the whole time. You did. I noticed that in the edits, and I appreciate you. He literally gave it to me. He's like, I didn't, I didn't really have the camera on you at all. And I'm like, yeah, good call. Yeah. Good call. The whole time, literally, like, maybe 45 minutes of the show, that's what I was doing. <laughs> oh, please stop talking. <laughs> Just get us out of here. Oh, it was so bad. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we could go on and on 
to the end of time, but obviously I know there's only a certain limit to which all of you can tolerate Saeed's bad Oh, by the way, so uh, tomorrow... Damn, cuts you we, off. Like I, we weren't ending the show at all there, Chief. Tomorrow is uh, Chris's birthday. So? How old you turn in? Like, is stuff? 11.37 now. Can we just wish you happy birthday now? June 28th, everyone. June 28th, 1980. Do the math. Yeah, do the math. Yeah. I can literally say, 20 years ago, I remember X... And at that point in time, I was still drinking alcohol. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. That's fucked up. That's fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> I think about death every day. Yeah. Oh, every time I read about like articles on like, like, you know, like health issues and scares, people having strokes and shit, like Jamie Foxx. Yeah. I don't know what happened to Jamie Foxx, but I want that motherfucker to come back stronger than shit. Yeah, no, you're not. A, uh, what I've gathered over, over the last like 10 years or so is you're not really big on birthdays. Me? Yeah, for yourself. I hate birthdays. For yourself, you're not. Others, for me. Others. For other people, I love celebrating. For me, I don't like it. Yeah. I've never liked birthdays. I've always felt incredibly awkward. What happened there? I also don't like looking at myself in the mirror. I also don't think that I'm attractive. No. Swear to God. No, not looking at yourself in the mirror. You look at yourself in the mirror all the time. Don't no, lie because I'm because I have I all never feel work. I never feel attractive. Oh, all, that work. all that work. No, all that surgery, you mean. <laughs> Botox, the hair transplant. It takes a lot to build this faux Joe line. Are you gonna grow back the beard? I have to. I don't have a jawline, don't I? I've got like I've got like a little layer of fat there you don't see if I don't know. Yeah, I, I um I, I don't have a I don't have a jaw. Yeah. I shaved the beard off and I immediately regretted it. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. And then Pretty I was much. like, do I go to the like razor straight face it? And I'm like, nah, no, 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 no. Wow. You, no. Yeah, what's wrong with my real face, it's bro? Terrible, bro. I'm saying, to be honest. I I can't either. I can't either. It's okay. Some things we just gotta accept. That's hurtful. It was meant to be. It it worked. Yeah. So happy early birthday to you. Early birthday. What are you buying me? Um, I think I'm buying my wife dinner tomorrow night. Yeah. Yeah. Oh shit. Wow. So yeah, you can. We're so, not so, showing that. Wow. Oh. Is this on Google or where is this? Yeah, he googled my name and then what the images looks like. Oh wow! Look at you all over the internet. I am. Is that, is that you right there? The blue piggy. <laughs> That's me. I, I wrote that article. How young you were here. You fucker! That was a year and a half ago. Yeah. I mean, how skinny I was. Yes. You're a dick. Both got to get back on it again. I'm, I was going to. I was. I was doing quite well, actually. And then I got sick, and then yeah. I. I, I just got very, very Jeff. Jeff Goldblumish. Yeah. yeah, I was going for that vibe there. It's actually a mid-century modern house. That was a. That was a Frank Lloyd Wright house. Mm. Yeah. Well, all right. Shout out to everybody that yeah. that supports the show. <laughs> crazy, I search Chris and Hugo comes up. Hey man, hey! I keep my guys in check. You know what I mean. You, you search me, you will find them. Shout out to everyone that supports the show. If you haven't yet, please do us a huge favor and go over to Apple or Spotify. Leave us an honest five star review. It really helps out the show, and we appreciate it a lot. And wish Chris a happy birthday. Wish Chris or birthday. better still, go to YouTube, subscribe, create a YouTube account, and then subscribe. I don't care what you got to do. Subscribe, goddammit. Yeah, and hit that bell. Notifications I need love. on. Yeah, all of them. Alert. Bell and subscribe are the same, right? No, subscribe, and then you gotta hit the bell and select all for notifications. I'm glad you clarified. Yeah, for everybody, and leave a comment down below. Yeah, I, I doubt they're still they're still here. Hit them. Let's go. Yeah, let's go. You ready? Yeah. You you you're calling me out. Right. Go ahead. Right. Say goodbye. Good night, everybody. Bye. I hope you enjoyed today's conversation on the Higher Standard Podcast. 
Make sure to hit subscribe or follow on whatever platform you were listening to this on. If you like this episode, please write a review and share it with us. You're getting the show up and running right now, so every message, every review, and every note counts. This show exists to showcase what's possible when leaders decide to uphold a higher standard for their businesses, their investments, their families, and most importantly, themselves. If you want to see more of my content, I post daily on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube, so be sure to follow me on your favorite social media platform. And with that, it is a wrap. And as always, I look forward to hanging with you all on the next episode.